So, thank you, Holy Spirit. We bless your holy name. Figured it out by God's grace. Praise be to God. Amen. So, um, we're going to be looking at First Kings chapter eighteen. First Kings chapter eighteen. Um, well, our first scripture we're going to be looking at is the first scripture. Is the first scripture, and it says here. After a long time in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elisha and it says, go and present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the land. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. I want us to take note of this. It says after a long time in the third year, the word of the Lord came and it says, go and present yourself to Ahab. Listen. I want to tell you this, that the Holy Spirit says, if you cannot be a man of patience, you're not ready to be a man of results. I don't care if you have skill. I don't care if you have, if you have passion. I don't care if you have desire. I don't care if, if, if you are blessed to the core, if you are not ready to be a man of patience, the Holy Spirit says here that you are not ready to be a man of results. You see, sometimes we carry the giftings and sometimes we carry the anointings and we carry the dangerous anointings, the giftings that if exposed to men, they will see God. But you see, God will teach you the ability to be patient because when it came to even the son of God, the lamb, he waited 30 years in the wilderness. His exposure was only for three years. It says a long time. It took three years. And Elijah was just waiting, doing nothing. But just when the Lord called Elijah, listen, people of God, just when the Lord called Elijah and he says, go present yourself to him. He went on Mount Carmel and he says, you know what? Bring all the prophets of Baal and I'm putting a ramp here. Set fire on it if your God is alive. Because of his patience, his actions were sponsored by results. Some of us, we can't wait for anything in life. Everything has to be instant. The moment we pray, it has to come. And I hate to tell you this, but if you've, if you've never been stretched, that you've never, you've never had to wait for anything, you are at the verge of breaking into two. Because it means you've never had the ability to withstand and never had the ability to be endurant. Let me tell you this. Show me a patient man and I can tell you that that man has the ability to suffer for long. Some of us, we can never suffer for long. No. It's not in our DNA. Listen, anointing will not speed that process for you. Many times I think we get it wrong just because God has called you to be a doctor. Just because God has called you to be a lawyer. He's called you into business. He's called you into politics. If you do not go through the system, you are not lifted. It doesn't matter how powerful the calling is. Or it doesn't matter the categories of people you've been called to. You can be called to kings. The Holy Spirit says here that if you're not ready to wait, 
and to prevail and to suffer for long, you are not ready to be a man of results. Listen, all the people that carried extraordinary results in the Bible, they were men of waiting. Go ask Joseph in the prison. And it's not just waiting without sitting idle. No, you will see pain. You will see struggle. (laughs) You will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But how long can you wait? No, some of us, let me say this, we've lost our, we've lost our passion in the place of waiting. In our quest or in attempts to wait for God, we've lost passion. Oh, I've waited 15 years for the fruit of the womb. God is not coming. So we sought other resources. Now I'm going to read to you what the Holy Spirit says. He says, mastering the act of patience. And he says here, he says, as you journey and as I journey through the quest of destiny, expectant of results, I have to sharpen my skills, apply them with excellency, and partner with the Holy Spirit to yield results. Listen, I'm not disputing the fact that sharpen your skill. But let me tell you, I am holding the billboard and I'm sounding it to you. I am sounding it through a megaphone that you can sharpen your skill, that you, 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 you can sharpen yourself to the core and, and be a cutting edge. Listen. But if you do not have the ability to withstand and to be patient, you are not going to be an experiencer of God's glory. It is as simple as that. He says here, he says here, as these developments are invested in consideration and measure, my ability to wait should spiral. Listen, in in essence, in short, what the Holy Spirit is saying here is, even as you sharpen skill, make sure the Bible is transforming your mind. And your mindset is, is, is changing in such a way that even as your skill is being sharpened, your patience is increasing. Listen, I, I, I will say this in God. God loves you too much to lift you prematurely. I know many times it feels good to sit in the kingdom, but let me tell you, beloved, there are things about sitting in the kingdom people don't know. I put something here on the page this week and I said this in the Holy Spirit. That when you sit in the kingdom, dear brother and sister, there is no leisure for making mistakes. You don't have the leisure to say, oh, you know, it's like I forgot something and you make a mistake. Go and ask Saul. One mistake will hastily bring you down. So sometimes God will give you a whole room. And you're saying, God, in fact, it's been three years since you, you, you first revealed to me that I was going to be a pastor. I've prayed, I've fasted. Lord, what is happening? I've opened a church and only two people are coming. Patience. Because he says here, and I repeat it again, that listen, when you get to the throne, you will learn, you would have to learn the tactics of maintenance. Maintaining the kinship. It's harder than getting there. Many of us, we've only learned how to get to the throne. But we don't know how to maintain the throne. 
So God has given you time. And he's saying, learn patience. The Holy Spirit goes on to say, he goes on to say, he says, if I am just an individual with a phenomenal gifting or excellence, I will omit the harvest of results through impatience. Listen, if you want, in, let, uh, he gave this example. Let me, let me say it here. Like a farmer, you can sow, right? You can sow and it will be in the ground. But <laughs> you being the best farmer or you being deemed the best farmer for the year doesn't make the seed grow any faster. I hope you know. So if you do not have the patience and you, 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 in you, patience is not dwelling to wait. I hate to say this, but you will not carry tangible results. Listen, that's how, that's how people have lost visibility within an instance because they've been too impatient. And you see, let me tell you in this day and age, when you carry giftings, but you have nothing backing you, I'm sorry, there are thousand and one people that carry giftings. You will not be the first or the last. So if you carry a gifting and you cannot wait, you lose visibility. He says here, he says here he says here competence without patience will deprive me of a life of results listen people of god you can sharpen yourself but make sure you sharpen your mind listen that was something <laughs> that was something david learned to do he went through the wilderness before he sat on the throne. Many times everybody wants to sit on. Everybody is in a haste to sit on the throne. Listen, I always say this in God. That don't be too in a hurry to skip your wilderness season. Do not be too in a hurry to, to speed up the process because it's, it's, it's a painful process. Like David, you would learn that... Your past will be your present and your future. David was a shepherd boy, but in the future, he became a shepherd of God's people. Some of us, because we are so in a hurry to get to the throne, because we lack patience, we've left many of the equipments that will keep us steady and maintained on the throne and in the kingdom. If you didn't hear anything that the Holy Spirit said today, people of God, the Holy Spirit is saying that learn to be a patient man. I told you that patient people are pa people of strength, high levels of strength. Those are the people that are not shaking over everything. They are sharpened mentally and they are sharpened when it comes to giftings. They have the ability to sense that there will come a season. There will come a time. Listen, if you are not patient, there's one thing wrong. You lack the revelation to understand that seasons change. It won't always be like that. It won't always snow. It won't always rain. The sun will not always be there. 
Some of us, the moment we go into places where hardship is, hey, mm, Lord, lift this cup over me. Take it away. Patience. Listen, we've, we've become a generation that lacks so much patience. Watch around. Last time I just opened my, my YouTube and I saw divorce, 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 divorce. <laughs> we get into marriages and because we lack patience and we listen, shopping yourself before you get into a marriage or a relationship. Don't just get up and say, oh, you know, I, I'm in love. There's something I'm feeling. Let's shopping yourself. I always say this, do not be a wicked person. You're praying for somebody's son to come marry you. Pray for somebody's daughter to come marry you. But yet still, you are not that efficient. You are not that product that somebody is praying for to marry. You're cheating. That is cheating. You want to marry a son of God. Want to marry a woman of God. Want to marry a daughter of God. Yet still, you yourself are not even that son. Or daughter of God, that is that efficient. Listen, many of us, when, when, wait, when we hear the word wait, it means sit down idly. Sit down without doing anything. Be idle. I, <laughs> Holy Spirit, purge our minds today. When it says wait, it says those who wait upon the Lord. Waiting upon the Lord is an attachment to something. Dwelling on something. Some of us are idle. Listen, some of us are idle and we're not seeking. And then we're just waiting without anything in progress. When God gives you, <laughs> listen, when God gives you a season of waiting, when God gives you a season of waiting, people of God, I came to tell you that make sure you dwell on it and make sure you maximize it to the fullest. Because you see, dear single lady, you will not always be single. Dear married person, you will not always be just married. You will become a parent. So the Holy Spirit is telling us that if you can't be a person of patience, you're not ready to be a carrier of results. And let me tell you, when he puts you in that place of waiting and you learn the tactics of patience, you will learn to appreciate the quality of results. Some of us don't know how to appreciate the quality of results because it was just handed over to us. So the results are of no value. But when you know that you've traveled and you know that you had to walk through the valley of the shadow of darkness, keeping your eyes open, walking with God and still facing fear, and you've maximized patience, you understand the value of results. The Holy Spirit says here, He says here, like a farmer, the land is cultivated through skill, 
but the harvest is only visible on the basis of time. Like a farmer, listen, like a farmer, the land is cultivated through skill, but the harvest is only visible on the basis of time. When you are with God and he's not lifting you and he's not putting you where you need to be. Listen, people of God, be appreciative of that season. Listen, rather be in the wilderness. Like I put it on here with the Holy Spirit. Rather be in the wilderness and make all the mistakes. Write it again and let him erase it and let him say, no, it's not, it's not like this. I'm teaching you like this. Be there and help him. And let him help you, sorry, to master that way when you sit on the throne you are not making mistakes listen when you sit on the throne people of God when you are lifted it is instant and when you are lifted you don't have the leisure of making mistakes because guess what every mistake you make is expanded it's extensive I'll give you an example of this to explain this many of us we know that there are adulterers like all around right there are thieves all around but if a celebrity goes to steal, how many of us will not hear it on the news? How many of us will not see it on social media? That is what the Holy Spirit means by every mistake you make on the throne is costly. So when he's not lifting you, when, when that open door hasn't come, people of God still believe, learn to maximize faith. And let me tell you this, when it comes to your season of waiting and when it comes to you maximizing patience, it starts from the mind. You would need to transform your mind through the word of God and through the repetition of scripture. You would need to transform it holistically in every dimension. Because you see, if not, you are going to have low self-esteem and you are going to lose your faith in the process. That's why I said that when God calls you, that's why I said that when God calls you to be something and he says, okay, you have the gifting, but I'm giving you a, <laughs> God is merciful. Listen, I'll say this again. God loves you too much to lift you prematurely. He gives you a season and he says, you know what? Practice. Do it as though you were sitting in the kingdom. And let me show you the dimensions at which you are failing at. And you're complaining saying, God, but my miss have gone. Lord, I've prayed about this several times. God is saying, listen, I love you too much genuinely to lift you. And it's a prayer I always pray. And I pray for you genuinely. I really pray from the depth of my heart that you are not lifted prematurely. It's a tragedy. Saul was like that. The Holy Spirit goes on to say, He says, My competence and my excellence is still questionable because patience has not been exercised to yield God results that validates my abilities and competence. Let me tell you, in this season, you would need results to validate your abilities and competence. Listen, you tell me you're a seamstress. I would need to see your work to validate the kind of seamstress you are. You tell me you're an apostle. I would need to see what the workings in you, the things God has been able to do through you to really 
validate your apostleship in God. In this season, if you don't have results, please, (laughs) I suggest you sit with God. I suggest you sit with God and let him transform your mind. Don't ask for results first. Let him transform your mind. And let him help you to wait for the best results yet. Some of us are so impatient that, that we've, 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 we've reduced the quality and, and, and how glorious our destinies are by half. Meaning if God called me to a thousand people, I'm only ministering to 500. Because we're so impatient. We want to sit on the, on the, on the pulpit. We want everybody to see us, everybody to acknowledge us early. Patience. Whereas God is saying, listen, if you spent this time with you, you wouldn't imagine where I would put you. Let me tell you, in that state of learning patience, there are so many things that God does to you. He makes you endurance. Now, when you sit on the throne and, and there's, there's a threat and there's something that shakes your kinship, you're able to stand firm and you're able to prevail and be endurant. Some of us cannot endure. We don't like pain. The moment we're being nailed to the cross, you want to say, oh, you know what? I refuse to die for my people. But do you know what he also does when he's teaching you patience? He's, he's delivering you from the, from the tendencies in your heart that you do not see. Do you know what? Because their own, their, their weaknesses that are in men, that are not activated. <laughs> that are not activated when they don't sit on the throne. Corruption, 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 corruption from our, our politicians. You think when, when they were in school, in the universities, learning politics, they were corrupt? No. It only maximized on the throne. When they got to the kingdom, that's when corruption came. The tendency came. It's not that it wasn't already there. It was already there. But it wasn't activated. The Holy Spirit goes on to say, He says here, in other scenarios, patience is not exercised to the maximum. So you don't exercise the required amount of patience. So your destiny may look small and unripe in comparison to its actuality. God has called you to the nations. God has called you on a national level, but you're still local. Because you lifted yourself prematurely. Romans 8 verse 25. And it says here. But if we hope for what we do not see. We wait for it with patience. I want you to understand that it never says 
It never says it's not available. It says if we hope for what our physical eyes cannot see, it says we wait for it with patience. Now, Isaiah 40 verse 31 it says here, I'm going to read that scripture. And all of us know that scripture, at least most of us. And it says here, but those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. It says they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be free. It's, listen, listen, I want you to listen to what it says. It says that if you have the ability to wait, that you have the ability to prevail without stopping or without hindrance. That in, in your waiting season, you can capacitate yourself so much so that you don't run out of energy. You don't run out of zeal. You don't run out of passion. Because I can tell you, there are so many individuals that, that will wait for a period and will leave themselves prematurely. The moment they get to... The, listen, the moment they get to the throne and they sit and there's a small issue, they run out of passion and they're ready to come back down. Because... They lack zeal. But you see, when you are all fired up because you've been in your waiting season, it says here, you run and you're not worried. You don't get tired. You see things and you're hard and you don't give up. I want us to move on. First Kings... 18 verse 15. First Kings 18 verse 15. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay. Oh, what happened to my music? Let's see. Okay. Give me a second, people of God. I'm going to go off and come back right on. Because I have to. Um, My laptop went off. Top went off. Okay, please can you hear me? Please can you hear me? Please let me know if you can hear me. So, um, First Kings eighteen fifteen. I'm going to read from. I'm going to read a little upward. Um, just so you understand what the Holy Spirit has to say. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, oh God, I do not have my glasses here. Um, let's see. Okay. Okay. Now, let me give you context to what is happening. Um, Obadiah, the servant of Ahab, or the worker of Ahab, meets Elijah, right? And Elijah says, go, and he asks Elijah, are you really Elijah? And, okay, lower the music. Okay. Please tell me if it's okay. So, um, like I was saying, 
Obadiah is the servant of Ahab, right? And then he meets Elisha, and Elisha tells him to go tell Ahab that he is coming to see him. And when he meets Elisha, um, Obadiah is kind of hesitant because he say he, he says that, okay, so if I go and tell Ahab that you are coming and you don't come, then it means I will die. Because in those times, it, I think it was seen as you are lying or you were being dishonest. So you died for it. So he was telling, excuse me, he ended up telling Elijah like all the, all, he ended up telling Elijah all the, all the things that he had done for God. And he, I really thought that he was talking way too much to be very honest. Um, if, if you read first Kings 18 and you see the response of Obadiah and compare that to the response of Elijah, it's very different. So as he's even talking and saying that, eh, are you sure you will come? Because if you don't come, Ahab will kill me. And you know, I've really served God and all of that. This is the only thing Elisha says. He says here, Elisha said, as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, I will surely present myself to Ahab today. So he was just reassuring, he was just reassuring Obadiah that he was going to present himself to Ahab. And I'm going to read from 16 downwards so that, I, so that the Holy Spirit will make us understand. Amen. So it says here, so Obadiah went, so Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elisha. When he saw Elisha, he said to him, is that, is that you, you troubler of Israel? And Elisha responded. Now, this is when Elisha started talking. And he gave detail to detail. He said to him, I've not made trouble for Israel. Elisha replied, that you and your father's family have. You have abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the bows. Now summon the people from all over Israel to come meet me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 450 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. Amen. Now, the Holy Spirit is coming to teach us something and I really want us to pay attention to it, okay? It is for everybody here. And one of the things that, one of the things that, or the resolutions that, I've given myself or my, 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 like I've given myself and people surrounding me have given themselves is the ability to keep quiet. Listen, um, proximity shouldn't equal you sharing information. Some of us feel like just because people are close to us and they are available human beings that we can tend to, it means we should spill our whole life story to them. And the Holy Spirit must deliver us from this, from this, from this very wrong mentality. Okay. The fact that a person is your best friend doesn't mean that if God is doing something for you in that secret place, you should go and predispose it to, to the light of, oh, you know, God is even doing this for me. I can assure you that you may not even see the completion of that deed. Um, okay, so it says here, the Holy Spirit says here, he says he wants to talk about over-information and misinterpretation. So, you know, the volume, the volume of the song is at the lowest. Okay. The volume of the song is at the lowest, but <laughs> I, I can hardly, I can hardly hear the song, but you guys are hearing it like really, really, um, increased. Okay. So over information and misinterpretation. So I'm going to tell you what over information is, even though I know most of us know what over information is to over inform someone. To inform someone means to inform someone or something too much as transitive 
leaning to provide someone or with more information than usual or strictly necessary. To give them more information than usual or strictly necessary. Now, misinterpretation. This is the action of interpreting something wrongly. I want to say this in God. That sometimes you feel like informing people extensively about an issue or subject is necess- it's not it's wrong. Do you understand? We feel like, oh, as Christians, I feel like we should really understand this thing in God. When you go to somebody and you go and say your whole life story or you go and express a problem or you go and express a word to somebody and you give you give like details about what is happening in your life, it is not necessarily wrong. Because you see, before Jesus healed men, before the apostles healed men, they knew what was wrong with the men. They knew what was like the situations of the men. So it is not necessarily wrong to go and inform somebody about something happening in your life i feel like most times that's how people die in depression because the church has said hey keep your mouth with the bridle shut your mouth so don't 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 say anything if you're even dying no please please that is absolutely wrong that is absolutely wrong the holy spirit says here that informing people extensively he says here Informing people extensively about an issue or subject is not necessarily wrong. He says here, it is not necessarily wrong. It is acceptable and even advisable when the individual informed carries the potential to alter the state of what you are expressing. So it is, it is, it is advisable and it is even acceptable to tell individuals who have the potential to to help you out what is wrong with you i'll give an example when you go to the doctor and you're feeling sick do you just expect the doctor to know what is wrong with you just by you sitting there and just just by you looking at his face no he's going to ask you so what are the signs and symptoms what are you experiencing what is happening in your body are you experiencing nausea are you having headache do you have difficulty swallowing? He would ask you questions. You know, when he asks you questions like that, it is, an, it is in an effort to find a solution to the problem. That is a different scenario. Now, it is, it is however, wrong in God to expose your problems, to tell people about your mis- literally over-informed individuals who have no solution to your problem. Listen, people of God, the Holy Spirit says here that if if the only thing individuals can do is to render their sympathy, then I'm telling you that, <laughs> after all, it wasn't worth it opening your mouth. Misinform, sorry, over-information is real. But it is not always opening your mouth to express something that is over-information. In this context, the Holy Spirit is giving us understanding. Over-information is expressing details when the person on the other side of the spectrum has no solution to your problem. They just render their sympathy and leave. Now, the Holy Spirit says here, the Holy Spirit says here, so in an instance like this detailed information so when you go to the doctor he asks you what is wrong with you he gives a diagnosis and he he attempts to to give a solution in an instance like that 
detailed information is required and most relevant in helping and giving information about the solution to your problem. Now, over information, I said in God that over information is usually negative when the individual being communicated to has no business delivering a solution but empathizing. Only empathizes but does not deliver a solution. Over information may breed misinterpretation. Now, this is how people are misinterpreted. You see, because I'll tell you, there are two things that the Holy Spirit says. When you when you inform an individual who has no solution to your problem, you are most likely to be you are most likely to be misinterpreted. Now the Holy Spirit says here, over information may breed misinterpretation when the receiver of the information has not been trained to be effective in that field of knowledge. I'll give you an example. Like you're an architect, you are not able to get your dimensions right. Then you go and see a very experienced doctor. You may be telling them something, but they are misinterpreting whatever you are saying because they, they, they do not have the skill to capacitate a solution for you and hand it over to you. Now, the Holy Spirit goes on to say, so over information, may breed misinterpretation when the receiver of the information has not been trained to be effective in that field of knowledge. For example, I give an example. This is another example. If I'm an upcoming farmer and I have some agricultural defects, instead of seeing another well-experienced or a more advanced farmer, I will go and see a doctor. If it, Listen, with a situation like that, even giving tiny details about it to a farmer, Listen, you're a farmer, your crops are dying, your farm, your farm business is not working. Then you go and sit in front of a doctor and tell them everything that is happening in detail. What you, what you have done is totally irrelevant because they have no solution to give you. Now, it says here, when information is misinterpreted, it is not always attributed to an urge to destroy another party. No, when people misinterpret information, it's not only because they are wicked people and they want to destroy your image. No, it may be due to different levels of mental and spiritual growth or different specialties. I'll give an example. I'll give an example. So you you know that the person you're going to talk to is an unbeliever. Right? The person I'm going to talk to is an unbeliever. You don't possibly expect that the solutions they'll give to you. Or okay, you know, um, I watched this movie, so let me let me cite let me cite this example. The girl was she she was apparently diagnosed of stage four brain cancer, and she went to her friend, her roommate at the time, and told her friend, that, oh, you know, I'm I'm being diagnosed of 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 stage four brain cancer and i only have this amount of time to live blah blah blah, blah. and the friend was like okay let me let me suggest a solution now won't you say that the person should should live holy or the person should live their best life possible in christ because the person that went to say their diagnosis was a believer but they expressed their problem to an unbeliever so their suggestion was that okay you're a virgin de yourself. 
you've never sold before smoke you've never done drugs you've never done drugs before do drugs live your best life at the end of the day the girl realized that listen the girl realized that she was not diagnosed of brain cancer and that the diagnosis was switched with someone else who had the exact name that she had now so you do you see the difference in solutions that was given because we have different variations or we have variations in our mental and spiritual growth the solutions that will be rendered and the, the way that we process things will not be the same so when people misinterpret things it's not because they are bad people and they want to necessarily destroy you no it is because of of the levels or the different levels of spiritual growth and mental transformation now it says here it says here for example architects and doctors they, they are all career people right but they do not think the same so you're going to express your problem to an architect and a doctor you possibly do not expect that just because they are categorized under career men or career women they will render you the same solution or they will understand you in the same way because you see the architect will understand it from a constructive point of view the doctor will understand it from a scientific point of view so when people misinterpret things, the Holy Spirit is saying that realize that it, it comes from different specialties or different variations in mental transformation and in spiritual growth. Specialties. The person is a doctor. The other person is an architect. Different variations in, 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 in uh, spiritual growth or mental transformation is the person. This person is a, is a new believer. This person has been in God for five years. You guys are not going to think the same. So the way that you guys are going to, the way that you guys are going to process information is going to be very different, extremely different. Now the Holy Spirit goes on to say, some of us, we are expressing information to the wrong people, people that have no business giving a solution let me tell you in this 2023 my 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 advice from a place of passion and a place of love through the holy spirit do not express your problems to people who can only sympathize and rub your back express your problems to people who have a solution some of us we like sympathy oh god the fact that somebody can tell us, oh, you know, it's all right. You're going to be fine. Everything is going to be fine. You are good. You are fine. We love sympathy. The Holy Spirit says here, Proverbs 17, verse 28. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise when he closes his mouth. He is deemed intelligent. And some of us, everything we say. And in this 2023, we realize that proximity should not warrant distribution of information. Listen, I can tell you this. That's, there, there are many things that is just between you and God. Many things that God is cooking in a secret place with you. You see, the thing is, if God wanted other people to know, he will reveal it through dreams and visions or through word of knowledge. God just revealed to you that, you know, in the next two years, you'll be getting married. Then you go tell everybody, oh, you know, <laughs> I know that in the next two years, I will not even be in this house anymore. Because the Lord has told me, he showed me in a vision that I'm going to be getting married. And in fact, do you even know who I'm going to be getting married to? One, one billionaire of an oil company. And then it doesn't happen. 
One thing that my mom always says, and I always keep it at the back of my mind, she says something that when she was growing up, everything that she told people or everything that she, she exposed to the light before maturation, she lost. And so it was it, it's always at the back of my mind that if you if you pre-expose or prematurely expose something to the light you're more likely to lose it than when it's in the secret place just between you and God. People of God, God bless you. God bless you so much. I am so graced and so privileged to know you. My phone is running dead, even though there's few scriptures we still have to discuss. My phone is currently on three percent my phone is currently on three percent and so it won't be possible for me to keep going but i want to pray holy spirit we thank you for your word we thank you for your strength we thank you for your ability we thank you that lord you were increased oh god and glorified and that we were decreased holy spirit even as we're about to leave for the lord i pray oh god and i pray for myself and every individual on him that may we receive the spirit of consistency in the name of jesus holy spirit anyone that struggles with inconsistency here for the lord myself or any individual and in any dimension oh god be it in business be it oh god in creativity be it father lord in studies be it in spirituality Holy Spirit, may we be delivered in the name of Jesus. Any demon responsible for slumber, responsible for laziness, responsible for procrastination, responsible for lack of passion and zeal. Father, we tear it down in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, we cast it away by your blood and by your power. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your, your grace, oh God. Holy Spirit, we pray that even us... We're here tomorrow that you continue to give us the grace. We thank you. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. If you are here with me and you want to give your life to Christ, this is by far the best decision you ever make. Um, Come journey with us. Come to God. God loves you. And like I always say, there's nobody that would love you like God. There's nobody that cares as much as God does. If you feel like you care about your problems, trust me, God cares about your problems much more than you do. Come to Jesus. So if you're here with me and you're saying, I want to give my life to God because I've heard about him even through the word. Please, please, please say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you died for me and you rose again. Holy Spirit, today I accept you as Lord and personal Savior over my life. I accept your life. I accept your way. I accept your truth. May I be delivered from darkness and translated into light. I pray that I walk life with you only and not in my flesh. Thank you for loving me. May I work in your purpose and your will for me, even to the day you return. In Jesus' name, amen and amen god bless you beloved if you said that short word of prayer after me please 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 text deeper connects to christ and we're ever ready to go through this journey with you i'll see you tomorrow at 1 p.m eastern time we are here to deal with the keys to spiritual consistency and the keys to maintaining our work with god we're keeping it fresh healthy and we're keeping it zealous even to the end so if 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 you're available at 1 p.m eastern 
giving time, please come on here and let's be blessed. Let's hear from our rabbi. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow at the feet of Jesus. I love you so much, but the almighty God loves you much more. Bye, beloved.